everyone, I'm Ari, here with Rachel, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer Podcast. This week we're on episode 181, and we're asking, how important is book formatting? Before we dive into this topic, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, if you haven't already. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with friends, and feel free to write a review. So, book formatting. It's one of those little things that gets on my nerves. We already know the importance of a strong, eye-catching book cover and a detailed professional edit, right, people? We do. I mean, we've talked about it a lot. I know some people still don't do them, but it's really important. But how important is the formatting of the book inside? And how much have you really thought about it? I personally believe that formatting is really important, and sometimes it's often overlooked. Now, for me, uh, a badly formatted book can completely pull you out of the story. And I have read a number of self-published books where the formatting was either almost non-existent or was done completely out of standard and it just didn't feel right. It didn't look right. It just ruined the experience. So if we're talking about standard, let's see how well I do with this. The standard formatting for books, novels, is a serif font such as Times New Roman, but there are obviously other types of serif. They should be single-spaced, justified alignment, And each new paragraph should be indented. Chapter headers, whether it's a title or a number, should be on a new page. And they should come about a third of the way down. I have heard people say half, but I think one third is fine. And then between the title, sorry, the chapter number or chapter title, whatever it is, there should be a double space before the chapter starts, the actual text starts. That is what you would find the standard. If you go and pick up most books that are traditionally published and look at that, that's what you will get. And there's a reason they do that. And the reason for doing it that way is it allows you to read it easier. Let's quickly just touch on the font issue. The serif font is often considered to allow better readability and increased reading speed on longer longer stories like novels rather than something like sans font where you don't have the little, I can't even know what they're called, like the little decorative parts of a, of a font. If you don't know what I'm talking about, this will just go right over your head. But just Google it, you'll understand. There's a reason we use serif. There's a reason we have single lines. There's a reason we justify. There's a reason we set it up this way. And if you go away from that, it doesn't look as good and it doesn't work as well. Personal opinion, throw it in quick, personal opinion. Well, as you said, a lot of people don't even really think about formatting a book. Obviously, authors need to think about it at one point or another when they decide to publish their books. But for readers, I feel like a lot of time readers don't necessarily think about it until they actually start reading the book. And then they start to notice these little things. And obviously, if a book is formatted in the standard way, readers don't think about it. We don't notice because it's formatted, quote unquote, correctly. Yeah, you can have a little fun with your formatting and make it look a little extra fancy if you so choose. But for the most part, if it's in the standard way, readers can just comfortably read the book. Because I got to be honest, if you have a different font or it's written in teeny tiny ass print, I'm not going to read it. Obviously, if I have the ebook, I can, you know, you can increase the font size on your e-reader. So that's fine. But if I'm in the bookstore and I find a paperback or hardback of a book and I open it and the font is too small, I'm I'm going to put it back. That is a, a deal breaker for me if the font is too small. And also you want to make sure that the margins aren't too tight 
around the gutter, which is like the crease and the spine. Again, I don't think I've come up with, I don't think I've seen too many books with this issue, but I'm throwing this out there because of somebody I saw on TikTok, which I don't know who she is. Her name is Shalina Medford. That's S-H-A-L-A-E-N-A. I have no idea if I pronounced her name right. So I apologize if I butchered that. But she posted a TikTok about, you know, some of her pet peeves with book formatting. And one of them was that the margins were too tight, like in the middle around the crease. And again, it's not really something you notice because as a person who doesn't mind cracking the spine, if I can't read the books on that side, then I'll just open my book further. And to me, it's not that big of a deal. But if Ari has to do that to your book, you will break her heart. So please, please, please make sure that the margins are correct and that you have a good amount of space in around the gutter and also on the edges where your thumbs are because you need thumb gaps. When you're holding a paperback or a hardcover book, whether you're holding it from the bottom or you're holding it from the sides, if your thumb is covering part of the text on the sides, then it doesn't seem like a big deal. It sounds like such a first world problem. You got to move your thumb. Oh no, that's horrible. But depending on how thick the book is, it can actually really throw off the weight and the balance. And I cannot tell you how many times I've accidentally dropped a book on my face when I'm reading in bed because I have to move my hand out of the way so I can see certain words and then boop goes on my face. So yeah, you got to think of these things. You got to think of like the spacing and all of that fun stuff. And you know what? Since we're talking about thumb gaps, I'm going to throw in the, the justified type, which basically means that your words are... Ari, how do you explain justified? They're all the same, the same length. Each line, each line is the same length. You guys know what I'm talking about. We're all writers. If you're if you're listening to this podcast and you're not a writer, I'm pretty sure you're lost. We welcome you here though. Thanks for listening. But yeah, if the if the lines aren't like justified, then that's even more difficult to have those thumb gaps. And it just it looks weird, I guess you could say. That is it, exactly. It looks freaking weird. I read a book, I think it was last year or maybe the year before, everything's blurring, and it had no indentation. It wasn't like one giant block of text because that would be horrific, but there was no indentation. Instead, the author just dropped the new paragraph down two lines. So it's like you'd have a block of text and then a gap and then another block of text and then a gap. And it's like, what is that? That is awful. It, it was so difficult to read and it just looked odd and weird and really, really amateurish. And I'm going to say something. I am one of those assholes who will definitely make a comment about your shitty formatting in their review. If it's a little thing, you know, we've all made mistakes with formatting. That's fine. But if your formatting is so out of the box... And it doesn't do anything better. I mean, don't if you're coming up with ideas that are outside the box and it works, great. If you're not and it just makes it harder to read and it looks crap, then I'm going to say something in your review. I'm in a really weird mood today, so if there's a bit like, eh. But yeah. <laughs> so I agree with you, though. I agree, because I will, too. If, if the formatting makes it difficult to read, then... Yeah, I'm sorry to say I'm going to knock down a star because if your book is like 200 pages, it should take me X amount of 
hours to read it. And it took me like double that because I had to squint to see the tiny font or I didn't know, you know, where the next sentence started. Then, yeah, I'm noting it in my review. Sorry, not sorry. I love that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it will, as you said, yeah, it's totally worth losing a point. So we'll drop stars for that. I think what what really gets my goat, I don't know if you if you have that say, that saying over there. What really gets my goat is are these writers who who do this who use bad formatting and don't either sort it out themselves or pay someone or just anything? Do they not read other books? Do they not open any other novel or tradition, especially a traditional one, to see? I don't understand how you can kind of do that without even considering what the normal is and why it would be like that. I mean, who is printing their books and going, yeah, that looks great. Huge gap for every paragraph, no indentation, not justified, jammed into the margin, into the gutter. Yeah, that's great. Who is who is printing that crap and giving it the thumbs up? I don't get that. And honestly, there's, what was it? So I can't remember who said it, but it's like, if your book looks like it's self-published, don't publish it. That was the quote. I don't know who said it, and I might get flamed for this, but the concept is that we have a lot more power to to publish our own work now that we have self-publishing as an option. It gives us a lot more control, a lot more say for our own work, but that doesn't mean we should be just churning out garbage I don't talk about the stories, everyone's, because in the end, stories are subjective. What one person likes, another pe- person doesn't. But your book should look good. You should want it to look good. You should spend a bit of cash to make it look good. And it should look decent enough to stand next to a professionally, traditionally published book. And if it doesn't, should you be publishing it? I might get flamed for this. I don't care. I'm in a weird mood. I'm just going to take it. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's where I'm going. And and that sort of crap where it's like, I'm just gonna put huge paragraph gaps in, or I'm just gonna, you know, make teeny tiny text. I don't want to be using a magnifying glass at my age to read your text. No, I'll do it when I'm 80. I'm not doing it in my forties. Good God. Wow, I'm in a weird <laughs> I'm just cracking up over here. <laughs> With the whole spacing thing, you know what I think the biggest problem? Well, no, before I talk about that, with the spacing thing, when you have like a paragraph, it's the way you would write a blog post. And the way these people write it, they write it so that, you know, because people that go on blogs, they tend to skim. They don't read everything word for word. And a lot of people, some people, they they post stories on their websites or on Patreon or anywhere else and then they decide to compile it together and self-publish it as an ebook now there is absolutely nothing wrong with that but you still need to format it you can't just copy and paste everything from your website put it into a word document throw it up on amazon and hit publish there's still work that needs to be done and there's probably a few rounds of edits that you need to do as well but i digress with that and i think another reason why people might do that is because they're trying to stand out. I'm not saying that you can't try anything fancy with your formatting. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be allowed to stand out among all the other books, but there are some types of formatting that you can do to make sure that you stand out from the rest and then everything else needs to be standard. The way that the book reads needs to be standard. You can have fancy decor around your edges, around like the edges of the pages when the book is closed. That's like a really new thing lately. You can have fancy font for the 
chapter titles, the chapter headings, but when it comes to actually reading the paragraphs, the sentences, the words, it needs to be standard. I think a big reason why people don't catch these formatting issues is because they don't get proof copies. And a proof copy is you buying your own book before it's published. You get a paperback copy of it and you can thumb through it Give it another proofread if you want. Make sure the formatting is correct. Make sure all the page numbers are in order. You're supposed to make sure that it is worthy for a bookshelf. As Ari said, if it looks like it's self-published, you need to do some work on it. So obviously, whether you're a formatter or you're not a formatter, whether you do the formatting yourself or you hire somebody else to do it, get a proof copy, look it over, and make sure that it would be easy for your readers to read. I'm just going to add to that. If you get a proof copy and you find errors and you fix them, get another proof copy. Don't go, well, I fixed it. Yes, <laughs> because absolutely. It's not just you making mistakes. The system you put it on, maybe it didn't take the correct one. Maybe it messed it up. Always get another proof copy until you have got the one that's correct. And you might be going, but there's a lot of money. Yeah, it costs. But you know what? Because it costs, maybe you'll be a bit more careful. Maybe you'll go line by freaking line with a ruler until it's absolutely perfect. So you don't have to keep spending money. Just, yeah, just, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. No, I, I do agree with you. Absolutely get a second proof copy. Get a third proof copy if you need to. It never hurts to be careful. It never hurts to double check. Yes, it takes up more time, but you know what? When it comes to bringing our book baby out into the world, you don't want to rush that. You want to do it well. You want to do it right. With all of that said, I'm just going to throw in one random ass thing and say that another part of formatting is that you need to have front matter. And front matter can include a title page. It includes the dedication. It includes the copyright page, table of contents if needed. Yeah, that might be it. There might be more to you that. Can... I can't. I'm thinking at the top of my head. I think the, the only is there more? Thing, it could be other works you've done can be at the front and oh, sometimes yeah. the acknowledgement i actually like it at the front but that's a personal preference it can be at the front or back really that's interesting i see i prefer the acknowledgements in the back because once it's like it's like a closure thing for me it's like when you finish the story and then you read the acknowledgements it's like you know i'd like to thank the academy it's that kind of the thing like people don't get their oscars before the movie releases <laughs> is it oscars is that what the movie thing is Yes. Emmys? Emmys is music. Yeah, there's Emmys, You Grammys, guys know what we're talking Tor about. Tony's. <laughs> oh, Grammys lot. is. What the heck is? Whatever. <laughs> anyway, we're just going to continue. <laughs> yeah, so, but even like the dedication, I like the dedication in the front, but you can have the dedication in the back. I have seen that. It's very rare, but I have seen it. So when formatting your book, make sure that you have that front matter because obviously you want to have the copyright front and center. You want to give credit to your editor. You want to give uh, credit to your book cover artist and all of that fun stuff. You got to get all of that legal stuff in there and pretty much out of the way before people start reading the book. That was so messy because I got on a tangent about Oscars, but yeah, there we go. I think what we're, we're trying to say in an extremely roundabout and overly bloated way is it's about readability and that is what you should be aiming for. You need to always be thinking about readability. That's why you think about the font. That's why you think about the size of the margins. That's why you think about how other books 
do it, especially well-established books, not just what some other person has done who also self-published and just threw out their book. There's a reason why if you are pitching to an editor or an agent, you go on to their website and you look through their submission list and they say you need to do this, this, this and this because there are standards to follow to make life easier for people, how they need to read it, all the information. It's the same with the books when you're publishing it. Formatting is important. People need to be able to read your stuff and they need to be able to enjoy it. And you're already dealing with the fact that people might not like your story just because, because it happens. Don't make it worse by putting shitty formatting. Because they're going to just go into it angry. At least that's how I end up going into it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to end this episode unless you've got anything to say, Rach. It's getting a bit it's getting a bit ranty. It's ranty-panty episode, I think. Okay. I mean, if you think about it, we wouldn't be the merry writer if we didn't have ranty episodes. <laughs> we have the most ironic title. I know. We should have changed it. The ranty-panty writer podcast. Yeah. So. The disgruntled writers. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. I have no idea why I called it the Merry Writer, I'll be honest, when I first came up. I was looking for names for the... I'm just going to throw into this little mini story for you people. I was looking for names for the game when I created the game, and I couldn't think of any. And when I looked, so many really cool ones had already been used, and I had to come up with something that wasn't a hashtag already. And (laughs) I'm going to run out of ideas and Mary was the only one that came up. So I just ran with <laughs> the it. The Mary writer was born. Yeah, yeah. I always remember there was uh, somebody whose whose handle on Twitter was the Mary writer. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people would tag them in. And this poor person was like, what are you doing? Who are you? Why are you doing this? And it's I like, remember that. stop yeah. tagging this person. It's not, it's not them. And so, <laughs> yeah, that's bad. I do. I remember that. Okay, let's end this. Okay, let's turn it over to you guys. How important is formatting for you? Let us know your answers in the comments so we can chat. Remember, we release new episodes every Wednesday. Next week, we're discussing how to create a productive writing environment. To ensure you don't miss it, hit the subscribe button on your way out. And as always, thank you for listening to the Merry Writer Podcast. See you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Felt It Pens. We love to colour code. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, Licensed under Creative Commons 4.0. Thank you.